0: Middle Tan Cough. Hey hey!
1: Welcome back. Welcome back, John. And the first thought I had and you had when we decided we're back today was like, yeah, could have got another two weeks. <laughs> it crossed my
2: mind today. It's like, do we really got to do this? <laughs> and our, our our partner said we did, so we're here. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it worked out well. That's all right. It's good to be back. A uh, For those of us who missed it, a uh, two-week hiatus. For those of you who didn't miss it, well, you didn't, you didn't miss it then. But it's good to, good to be uh, back and refreshed. You're looking good. You're looking good. T- good to be heard. Good to be heard. And seen. We're on YouTube. Don't forget about that. The YouTube yeah. stream is up and rolling. The podcast description for you YouTubers is down below. For you podcast listeners, we actually had some stuff that went out on, on YouTube over the course of the last couple of weeks. Um in our absence. But those pop at all? I, I honestly I didn't even check. You know, I uh, I mean <laughs> I hadn't checked in about a week I saw one or two did okay.
2: Uh, but I haven't gone back to check, so yeah. it re- it really is a uh it was it's a slow time, but it actually it was pretty cool the last twenty four hours we'd probably get into. Last shit went on out of nowhere. But God, I mean the uh the late month of, you know, that early July 4th time, like there is nothing happening. <laughs> uh, for everybody hanging out on the YouTube, hit the like button on that.
1: We already have a big draft king. I mean, we're, this is perfect, right? Like the British or the open, sorry, is uh this week at, in uh, Sandwich, UK. That's the name of the uh, the area. That's the name of the town. D- Duke <laughs> of Earl. Um, but the uh, the British is back, John, and we've got a DraftKings game for it. You know you want to get in, so get in with us right now. Plus, basketball, there's still some big games left as we record this on a Sunday night. We're a few minutes away from uh, Game 3 of the NBA Finals. You can play DraftKings. They're offering all players at DraftKings a shot at up to $5,000 in total prizes with their free-to-play pools. That's $5,000 in total prizes up for grabs each game, and the best part is free
2: to Play. I just actually reserved my spot. Mm. I had $1 in my DraftKings account. As you were talking, I put $25 back in there. Now I'm in the game. Get in our game. We'll tweet it out. We'll Instagram it out. It'll be out. Links in the YouTubes and stuff. Uh, like I said, you download the app. Promo code HAM. You can play basketball, NBA stuff. Obviously, you can play baseball. Even though this week... How, is the all-star break a week? It's definitely you know three or four days. But who even knows? Uh, download the DraftKings app, get in on all the action before the season ends. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now, use the promo code HAM when you sign up for free. Shot at $5,000 in total prizes during the NBA Finals. Head to DraftKings pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code HAM for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See draftkings.com for full details.
1: Yeah. No, baseball's coming back. I mean, you could you get the All-Star game uh, on Tuesday and then what is baseball usually it comes back on on Thursday. There's a game on Thursday, and then everybody else plays on Friday. So that's your, that's your weekend. LeBron,
2: LeBron would not let that happen. They, they would have a two-week hiatus, especially in baseball when you play every day. He would have no part. Come back on Thursday or Friday, no siree. They wouldn't be coming back, I'd say, July 25th would be the early. And his team
1: would never play in that first game back. It'd be like <laughs> No chance. Sunday. Yeah, then he,
2: yeah. <laughs> zero. It'd be like a Monday night. Shohei in the
1: derby. Shohei, by the way, oh we got Shown me, in Japan first time 25 years. But well, that's incredible. We got a lot of we got let me add Shohei to the list of other things <laughs> we got stuff that we got to catch up on. Um, but yeah, our DraftKings game is up, big game, go get it and uh it's going to be a good time. And then we'll also have some picks this week at mybookie.ag promo code ham and the number 1. mybookie.ag promo code ham and the number 1, whether it's the NBA, uh obviously baseball but NBA finals and of course you know, I our golf picks this week, um
2: I, I I'm having some fun looking at just some of the guys out there, some of the numbers out there right now. I was talking to my mom today, she had uh, the dogs. My my brother is actually her neighbor now and sometimes drops his dog over there, so it has her dog, and his dog, and she's watching the golf. She's like, you know, John Rahm looks like he's gotten skinnier. I'm like, You might be the only person thinking that. But here's what I will say about John Rahm. He's the favorite right now, and to me he should be the heavy favorite. And I do feel like Remember last year, the Masters time, the FedEx playoffs, Dustin Johnson was heavy favorites in all these tournaments, and it felt like, I don't know if I'd bet against this guy right now. I don't know if I'd bet against John Rom. He almost won the Scottish Open. Uh, he just he could have won Memorial, but Corona. Then he comes back, he wins the u s Open as the favorite. And it just feels he's a Spaniard. He's a euro, so he's like used to he grew up in just tough conditions. I'm not into betting like single-digit favorites. It's pretty nuts in a golf tournament because you're just betting one guy against, you know, whatever, 130 guys. I don't think it's that crazy to put, if you wanted to put 100 bucks or something on him. Like, I'd feel pretty good about my chances of him being in the mix. He feels a lock to be in the mix come the weekend.
1: Uh, You know, and again, this is so unpredictable, right? We were talking about it before we started the show. Darren Clark won the last time the British was at this event 10 years ago. Uh, You see the
2: other two guys that finished second? I just wikipedia would it. No, it was Phil and DJ, a young DJ, because it was 2011. But right now, John, DJ like doesn't feel. Was it
1: DJ standing next to Rory when the guy
2: came out and took Rory's club?
1: It looked no, like it was Rom.
2: It was it was wrong. That was Rom. It was Rom, yeah. Because they were playing in the Scottish show. Yeah, it was DJ's on the lake. All right, yeah. Well, I didn't think DJ would be there, but Rory roller coaster. Like nobody else
1: feels dialed in right now. Brooks, Jordan, Spieth, um. You know, all these other guys, these are, I'm listing the other players with the shortest odds behind totally ROM to win the open. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'll
2: I don't like think that. it's that crazy. A guy goes, like, it'd be a pretty big moment. That he didn't have a major and then he went two back to back, two hard ones. It'd be pretty cool. And it feels like he's in position to kind of do it. Could Victor, Victor is another guy I've been thinking about. Hovlin. When's the last time you see Victor Hovlin? So he got sand in his eye.
1: Yeah, hopefully he's recovered. <laughs> it's, you know, it's windy conditions, John, out there. It's a lot of sand flying around. Although, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, rain scheduled in the UK, or predicted in the UK. Maybe that keeps the dust levels down. I don't know. What if he
2: rolled out wearing, like, oak, clear Oakleys? that pretty funny. <laughs> on the on the Rory video that went viral, because I had, uh, I'm on a text chain with my brother and his two good buddies, and my buddies too, the Ravers, Scotty and Tyler. And Scotty... Caddied for his brother Tyler when he qualified for the U.S. Open four or five years ago, and he's made the the Barracuda. It's the, the PGA tournament that's you know in the Safeway Open, like that level PGA tournament. He's always been his caddy. He thought that Rory's caddy, he's like that. That's unacceptable. You you cannot. You have to at least go after him. And I pushed back. I said that guy has a weapon. What do you? It, it, the only way Rory's caddy go after him if he also pulled out a club because you're at a disadvantage, right? What are you gonna do? Hey, give me the club back. What if he swings the club at you? I, I don't think, think it's, it's. I don't think the player in that situation, Rory's expecting you to go like Navy Seal on the guy.
1: First of all, I bet there's a few factors, right? In a litigious culture, yeah. I don't know if there's if everyone's suing people in Ireland, but uh, you know, I I would imagine if you're a caddy, you've been told like, don't try to tackle anybody. Don't try to like. Because maybe Rory's the one financially responsible. If you tackle the guy and break his leg and he sues you, and now you're in trouble, right? The same reason. So that'd be the first thing. Good point. The second thing, it's easy to say all of that after you've watched the video play out, and it turns out the guy's hand-eye coordination was probably severely uh, uh, compromised, right? After you watch the video and you see the guy's like drunk and can barely, he's not running from anyone, it's easy to say you should have gone after that guy. But in the moment when the guy walks out there, you don't know what his state is right like you don't know if he's clear like the way security escorted him off he gave
2: zero resistance
1: so yeah you could have in hindsight you could have tackled him he wouldn't have fought you probably
2: he wasn't i I do think you're more likely in america to get the guy to run around and try to high five him. in europe honestly they make me a little more on edge like i grabbed a club like, was he trying to hit his own ball? He didn't want to and it, the, the, club remember the Remember the dude at the US Open who ran out to the middle of the fairway with his own club? Yes. He was just trying to hit some balls and get a funny viral video for TikTok. This guy, I, I, honestly... Dark. I was like a little on edge. A little dark. <laughs> you see the way Rory and Rom just stared at him? Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, security! And the one thing you realize in golf, like, this ain't the NBA or the NFL. It's just a rope, right? It's not that hard to get around. It's kind of crazy... And I, we saw a couple things happen in the NBA that in football it's basically impossible. One, you'd have to jump onto the field, and then you're at a numbers disadvantage. In golf, like it might happen something weird in the next decade, right? As the sport gets someone a little runs more out like hit you in casual, the back, with their own cl- yeah. alcohol's flowing. Yeah, There's just, I mean, it's just
1: it's just not a lot of space for something. Now, did you see? <laughs> I was watching uh, like when when Timberlake was out there throwing hats. Two huge, you know, police officers walking with him, yeah. probably off duty, but wearing their uniforms, hired by him.
2: Well, to me, that tournament treats it more like an NBA or an NFL game. Like, I dare you to fuck with one of these guys. I dare you. Yeah, they now, treat it like it's I a nightclub. Think, I don't, think, and you I don't can't. think Charles acts like that. I think Timberlake
1: does. Char- Charles, it's, by the way, I, I meant this one of the great. Truly, I'm not even being sarcastic. The fact that that guy did not quit on his swing and plays golf in the public eye and rebuilt his swing and got rid of the yips is I may, I, I was just so, I was so happy for him watching it. Cause every time he swings, I kind of, you have this feeling like, is it going to happen here? Shout out Charles Barkley, John for one of the great accomplishments in recent sports history, overcoming the yips.
2: I, I was at an airport when the match was going on, but it got tweeted into my timeline that, you know, he's sitting there, he's on site, right? Charles was there in Montana. Is that correct? Charles Bryan Anderson. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they must have gone out the night before, like the TNT guys. And he was like, you know, there's Brian Anderson was like, you know, there's a lot of animals, wildlife around here, grizzly bears. And Charles was like, I know, I saw some cougars last night. He's like, Linda, Julie, and Megan. He's like, oh my there is never, ever going to be like they say Draymond's the next Charles. Draymond's personality is a little more contentious a little angrier like Charles is truly you like he makes you laugh and smile like there is something like that's not you can't replace that i'm not saying Draymond won't be good at it one day or whoever but the, the, oh, he's a one of he's a true one of a kind here's the, I, he's like a John Madden you just there's not that's not coming again
1: it's harder right i i know a guy who used to work for the suns on their TV crew back when Charles played there. And he would always say, like, you'd go out to the bar after the game, Charles would always buy for everybody. The world has changed, right, for very famous people, celebrity athletes. You're less likely to just roll into a bar, hang out with a bunch of people. Maybe you know some of the people, maybe you don't. And then you leave whatever dive bar you were hanging out at.
2: It's just... Well, I was texting with uh, John Dickinson today. And I... About Vinny Del Negro, who won the American Century... And he played for the Kings. And Dickinson told me his dad sold Vinny Del Negro a car. Must have been like the early 90s when he played for the Kings. He said, you know what's crazy? I think his dad, my mom almost bought a car from Dickinson's dad like five years ago. He works at a Lexus dealership. I don't think an NBA player like De'Aaron Fox or Buddy Heald, even Sacramento, kind of a smaller town relative to the NBA, if they needed a new Lexus, a new Range Rover, a new Mercedes, do you think they're going into the dealership in 2021? Because I think zero chance. Someone is doing that for them.
1: You know, I do think there's probably something fun about rolling into like if it's a high high end dealership, you let them know you're coming. You I'm need, talking you need in Sacramento.
2: I'm talking in Sacramento. Do you think he's rolling in the Lexus dealership like Vinny Del Negro did? I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he rolls into the. Is there where,
1: where do you get a luxury car? Like a super? Sorry, not a luxury car. Like where do you get a Ferrari? Do they
2: have a dealership? Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not talking Ferrari. I'm just talking like. You know, uh, a Mercedes SUV or something. You know, even,
1: it wouldn't shock me if they roll into the the Mercedes truck spot and just like, I want that one. But so much of it is customized that, like, I was at the Giants game the other day. I have to, assume, I have no inside knowledge. I have to assume it's Johnny Cueto's car because it just felt like it. A uh, Benz truck in like lime, lime, lime green. To your point, you can't even get that at the dealership. Now, right? in
2: fairness, you could do all that probably online, right?
1: Created That's all. true. That's true. You don't even have to go there, people. Most average person doesn't go to the dealership. They order a phone. They order a car. Gets delivered to them.
2: But my take is G- Charles's generation, and I do think that's why. Like Michael Jordan, all these people, these people have stories about being around them. They are just more out and about. Like if they needed to get a sandwich, they went and got a sandwich. Right? Maybe Michael maybe not, but like everyone else now, like they just have hand. And this speaks for, like, does Tom Brady uh, any higher level guy? Do you? You just get it delivered. Yeah, but I mean, if I have, like tonight when I go to get dinner, you know, sometimes you're like, I don't want to pay the extra $7 for 17 fees. I don't even know what's going for. And then I have to tip on top of that. Have to tip? Anti-blue-collar well, worker. Unbelievable. Well, you just, but, but it's like, are the
1: fees going toward the tip? That's where I'm confused. No, no. The fees. Who was it? DoorDash, one of them, has like, the fees help us run our business. It's like, <laughs> just, okay, well, I'm glad I, I can help you run your business. All right. Uh, I probably I don't think we finished uh, just making the point that mybookie.ag promo code ham one, uh, they'll match that first deposit fifty percent, uh, up to a thousand dollars. You can also decline the bonus should you so choose. Uh, this
2: isn't part of the ad anymore, but we just need to say it. And ham one, uh, ham one, mybookie.ag ham one, get your gamble on golf gamble. We'll have some picks. We'll for have for some sure picks this week. week. We've already uh, revealed a couple of them, but we'll have some picks this
1: week. On the YouTube chat, Christopher, oh, it's too big. Come on, let me make this. How do I? Christopher says, welcome back, fellas. How about the Shanahan McVeigh podcast? After listening to it, I can see Jimmy being released or traded before week one and riding with Trey from day one. We, this reminds me, we have some mailbag stuff to get to. We're going to talk a lot about the, uh, the Flying Coach podcast
2: because uh, it was good stuff. I've gotten a lot stuff. of DMs and people, even that it meet someone and they find out, you know, you do stuff with the 49ers, ask a lot of Trey Lance questions. And I, do, I just think it's the power when you draft a guy really high, like a lot of it, what are the chances he starts week one? Middlecoff, have you seen this guy's grind this off season? Like, no, not really. Like, what I saw him at Carson Wentz's softball game. Like, what do you mean? Is I guess he's posted videos. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, not super locked into like dude taking snaps with his personal coach. Like, you see him grinding? You see him working? Like, yeah. I mean, most guys. Like, this isn't 1987. They don't come back fat like they do train. <laughs> <laughs> I, I ran into my buddy Brad
1: Sanfilippo, the uh, head baseball coach at San Jose State, and a listener at the Giants game on Monday, and. He's like, he had his daughter with him. He's like, Francie, tell tell guy what jersey, what I did with the shirt I just got you. He got her a Trey Lance jersey. I, yeah. saw, an- I saw another guy there with his, his two little girls. Little girls running around in a George Kittle jersey.
2: Betting on the future. They're just, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. Yeah. So <laughs> It is. Nah, you're, just, p- you're, just pr- you're just praying to God, like the one thing when you watch the American Century I mean, two enormous stars, and they show them nonstop, even though they're terrible at golf, are Kelsey and, and Mahomes. They played together the entire time. They're awful. Kelsey's terrible. And they are just stars, guy. Are there not extra-long clubs for some of these guys? Some of them look like they're using my clubs. Yeah, I just don't even think some of these guys even care. I mean, Kelsey's just going there to drink and Kelsey's hang. Kelsey's clubs looked <laughs> way too small for him. I, th- I I'm pretty sure... They just did not change that threesome the entire weekend. It was Mahomes, Timberlake, Kelsey. That was the enti- That was their threesome all weekend. They played backwards hats, slamming beers, throwing footballs. It's just that was the group that was fun.
1: Let's talk about Matthew Stafford, John, because that was, I
2: think, probably the first big headline that came out
1: of the Shanahan interview with Sean McVay and Peter Schrager on Flying Coach. And a, a couple of things here I think we found out as a little more background on stuff you and I have talked a lot about something that a lot of different people have had a lot of opinions on. I think you and I believed that he was interested in Matthew Stafford. He was interested in Deshaun Watson. Ultimately, they drafted Trey Lance, and that's a, a conversation for in a few minutes. But uh, he watched him and loved him. Like, Kyle Shanahan, and I, you know, one thing I wondered listening is maybe his plan was to add a quarterback one way or the other. But clearly what happens in the division, what the Rams do, what the Seahawks do, what the Cardinals do, it's part of the Niners' thinking, and I wonder if adding Stafford ratcheted up the urgency for him to move up and and draft Trey Lance also because he loved him. Clearly, he really likes him.
2: Why? Well, one thing that stood out to me, what he told Sean, and obviously Sean loved him too. They got him. Is that when your guy's not in your division and you don't play them very often, and the, and just the team he was on, even when Kyle was in Atlanta, like how many times has he really sat down and watched Matt Stafford? I think it's fair to say not often. Right. And I'm lucky enough. I have a buddy that works for the Bears, separate from Matt Nagy, just as a scout. And he all he's been telling me for he's been there for five or six years, like how good Stafford is. And I know Rodgers has always backed up Matt Stafford because they're just around him, right? I think they value his play. Not you don't just play him twice a year, but you see him on all the cross tape, right? You just if you ask Kyle about some random guy on the Cardinals, some random guys on the Seahawks he's going to have a very, very good feel for them. No different than John Gruden or Andy Reid would someone in the AFC West. Stafford is a little out of sight, out of mind. For sure. I mean, John, the other thing I'd add, divisionally, you constantly,
1: two weeks from now, is Stafford healthy? You want to know what guys, even if they're three weeks away, maybe you're not watching the tape on them yet, but the status of him and his teammates is constantly something you're aware of too.
2: But, but don't you think this also plays a factor? When you're on a team that sucks, I don't get to watch you in many standalone games, Right. Like I don't watch you on Sunday night football when I'm already when I'm off or Monday in my office. You're not playing on Monday night. You play the one. I think the Lions typically play a one Monday night football game. It's usually early in the season. So I just view this guy as really talented, but he might be a loser. And the way Kyle was like, you know, I broke him down. I was like, God damn, he's better than I thought. I That to me was one of the things that really stood out about how much Kyle liked him. But I do think it was complicated because... Uh, it was going to be very expensive to trade for the player and he makes a lot of money and his contract does not run forever. Like you probably have to extend him after a year. Like it's, it's a very, very expensive addition where when you trade for a rookie, he's actually relatively cheap. Now you had to give up the two first round picks, but you'd have to do that for Stafford anyway, but I'm getting an asset that's cheap. I'm getting Matt Stafford that immediately costs 30 plus million dollars. And if he plays well, which Shanahan and definitely McVay were planning on him doing once they got their hands on him, do you think he's going to get cheaper? <laughs> right? What, what? I mean, honestly, a Matt Stafford extend. Let's say Matt Stafford has an unreal year this year. He's like a fringe MVP guy. The Rams are going to extend him after the season. Is it like three years, hundred twenty million? You know, and guarantee like a hundred million. You know, it's, it's a it's a lot of money.
1: Yeah. The other factor is Brad Holmes is on the, lines now. It, well, the Lions now. They had to give up their office. they had to give up their quarterback he might have liked Jared Goff more than he likes Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, even if all offers were equal. And by the way, all offers aren't equal because the Niners' first-round pick is better than the Rams' first-round pick. They didn't have one. I guess it was
2: 2022 and 23, right? So that didn't matter this year. Well, so the Niners are going, we're giving you pick 12, right? Which is a lot. And we're giving you Jimmy Garoppolo. And we have to give you another one where they go, we'll give you two ones in the future and give you Jared Goff. And in fairness to Brad Holmes, how could I depend on Jimmy? If I'm the Lions— Jimmy being around, I know, but the Niners' picks would have been at least you would have gotten this year's pick, right? But in theory, and part of it too was like they gave those guys six years deals. They're cool with kind of tanking, you know, being yeah. yeah if you don't love any of these quarterbacks, what's the you're acquiring a quarterback because you don't want to draft
1: a quarterback because you want to draft Pinay Sewell.
2: I I just think it was double expensive for Stafford. Now, you know, with Matt Stafford, right? It, when I was in Arizona, I looked yeah. at houses. And some of the houses, the more expensive ones that had really nice shit on them, cost $200,000 more than the fixer-uppers. But the fixer-uppers, you might be able to fix it up for cheaper than it would be to get it to the point where the house is $200,000 more. So you actually might end up saving money and your price to acquire the guy is cheaper, right? Because Trey Lance, your first couple years, you're paying him like $5, $6 million. Staffer, you're immediately paying him a lot of money and you have to give all your first round picks. So he has to be really good. Like with Trey Lance... It's not going to be the case here, but there is like an ease into it period in theory, right? With Matt Stafford, there is get the ground running win right away, right? I'm not saying that's not with the Niners, but like everything the Rams have done, Jalen, Aaron Donald, you get Matt Stafford. Like their their goal, if you walk into the room is legitimately anything less than I would say being in the NFC championship game for them would be a massive disappointment. Is that fair? Like if the Niners make the playoffs this year, that's a good thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying it, once you lose in the wild card round, that doesn't suck, but it's like y- y- they haven't been winning much beside the one year. Where the Rams, they've been winning. They were in the second round this year with golf. Now they get Matt. Like they, they, All of their chips are in the middle of the table. Where the Niners do, they have a lot of chips in the middle of the table, but they do have a little wiggle room. They still got the chips on the side, right? And that part of that is just the rookie contract.
1: Right. Yeah, the, the the time that you get to develop a quarterback, and part of that's going to depend on what, what if he does play, how quickly does he play, what does he look like when he plays? Does he look good? And you go, okay, you got. You know, if he looks good, if he doesn't look good, and pressures on, and Jimmy's hurt, and like there are ways that the pressure can get high real quickly, even though you're going to naturally have some time. The Rams are not going to naturally have any time because they don't have any I time. Think there's, They're trading all the I picks. Think
2: I think there's more pressure with Jimmy in the game than with Trey. I think people are open minded to like let, just let this guy kind of. Let's just see what he's got. Yeah, with I Jimmy, think, it's like... I think the, the, the Niners are complicated. There's no way around it. It's a complicated situation. The pressure with Trey Lance
1: comes if he's played a sustained amount of time and doesn't look good. Yeah. That's where the pressure comes. Um, but I, I think you go back to... Kyle doesn't... One thing you and I have talked about a lot when it relates to Shanahan, even though they do some things that require patience, he doesn't seem like a... He's not a naturally patient guy. Like, when we heard him talk about the jobs before he took the niner job his plan was i'm only going to take a job with a top five quarterback <laughs> because he doesn't want to he, he a he doesn't want to mess around and b he just knows if you don't have a top five if what he said was if you have a top five quarterback that guy can get you out of anything um so it's, it's not- like my fan it's like my family when
2: are you gonna settle down john you know supermodel who can cook and clean who makes some good money <laughs> like what 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 that, that's not it that's I, I get, I know he said that, but that's pretty unrealistic, right? Uh, yeah.
1: I, I, well, clearly, I mean, he ended up taking a job that didn't have a top five quarterback, right? They didn't he have done. a quarterback. Didn't have a quarterback. Didn't have a defense. Didn't have an offense. Um, was as bad as it could get, had nothing but instability, but they gave him a six-year contract. So it's was like, well, you know, I can, a six, they said they're going to do all the stuff I wanted to do. They're going to let me hire like four front office assistant GMs and John Lynch. Sweet. Um, But you know, I I, now look. If he had still been an assistant coach, I mean, jobs do come open. Uh, Mate, we'll see. Does the Bengals job come open? Now is Joe Burrow a top five quarterback? When that job comes open, no. Is Justin Herbert a top five quarterback? No. But I bet he would fit the bill of what Kyle was talking about, right? Does the Herbert job come open? Um, That's not a great, not a great job historically, though, right? The owners questionable. No, it's you know. But but again, it's just is the how good's Kyler going to be if the Cardinals job comes open? Obviously the Texas job came open before stuff got weird with Deshaun. So it does it does
2: happen. I mean the Packers job came open after McCarthy with Rodgers. Right? My pushback on Kyle and he would know more about this than me. Obviously he's an NFL head coach and interviewed for these jobs. I think just because it's very unrealistic for Aaron Rodgers is kind of an outlier situation, right? Like Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, like these jobs with these young sweet quarterbacks aren't going to become available maybe Pete Carroll retires or something in a couple of years, but even that would be a unique job. I think I would pick the organization, but pushback would be like, did. well, the Steelers, the Steelers job doesn't come open, right? Yeah. Belichick's been there for 25 years. It is what in he did past- though, to your point. But he picked the organization kind of betting that they were going to be a lot better than they were in yeah. the past. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know? Well, he picked them. They gave him everything he wanted.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, because well, even McVeigh was like, you know, no one was offering me this sweet shit. I just had to take the job that I got offered. It, but the dynamic with the Stafford
1: thing is weird though, because he clearly was interested, but I, you know, there. Mu- I, I, I think one thing there were conversations the Rams and Lions were having. Just one of my kind of the way you read between the lines, Brad. The fact that Brad Holmes had just come from the Rams, and you, I think you initially you said like this is kind of an inside job, right? Kyle was not given a chance, clearly. The Niners were not given a chance to match. Somebody was telling him maybe it was an agent or something. You better call right now. Like, it's happening now. But there was no, like, all right, we got the deal from the Rams. Let's call Shanahan to Lynch and see if they'll top it. There well, was none of
2: that I, I do think that Jared Goff offers you more just stability when money doesn't matter, right? Just to give me a couple years to figure out my quarterback situation and just let him do whatever. Yeah. More than Think Jimmy Garoppolo. at any moment could just get injured, and then you're like, well, we're playing with the C.J. Beathard of the Lions, and we're just extra terrible. Yeah, yeah. At least Jared, like, may, hell, maybe our coach is dynamic, and we can be competitive, right? When I say competitive, just close to 500, right? You just, it gives you some more options. To me, Jimmy's – I wonder if the market for Jimmy was pretty terrible because he makes a lot of money, and he's always hurt. It's not like and he the, was and if their, he was making five, $6 million. I think a lot of people would have been, he makes 20. That's a pretty big cap hit.
1: And I don't think the Niners were particularly willing to like, they weren't going to compromise on value. Now, maybe they would have gone for, for a second round pick, right? I mean, you'd have to take that. We thought, but clearly they were not going to just trade him to trade him, which is what other teams would want. It's like, yeah, here's a, maybe
0: a I, conditional I heard, fourth.
2: I heard Michael Lombardi talk about this and he's pretty clearly tied in with the Patriots. I, it, it sounds like they were never ever thinking anything over like a fourth round pick. Cause just based on the value, like your guy's been hurt. Doesn't make and, sense. And, Bel- and say what you want about Belichick. He does not operate out of desperation. No, it, it doesn't make sense if you're not
1: getting value in that case. Yeah. What would that mean though? It's the question, right? Does it mean it's a fifth and if he starts 14 games, it's a fourth. I mean, I maybe that's, but that's not the kind of deal. The Niners are going, he's our starting quarterback right now. We, we have Trey, but we don't really know. So I understand it. Well, if you've been watching him on Instagram. He's ready to roll. That's what uh, somebody made a comment on YouTube. That's like you know, all, all he does is work out with with Debo, Iuke Sanu, Kittle. Uh, where's Jimmy's videos? That's what, a lot that's of what hype. Com- that's what- <laughs> Just get to know, get to know each other. That's important. Um, you know, the other thing we talked a lot about, and let me read you this Kyle Shanahan quote from the uh, from the podcast, uh, talking about Mac Jones. They were the context of it. If you didn't hear it, was they were talking about all the other rumors that were out there, and, and Schrager said, hey, I thought it was Mac Jones, tennis family, and uh, <laughs> Kyle said, the reason we moved up was because I think either one of them was a good decision. Either one of those players would have been a great pick, in my opinion, and the third guy with Justin, he would have been a great pick, too, end quote, um, and if you want to hear that, that was around the fifth the 0 50, 50, 50 minute mark of, of that podcast, if you want to hear the full context of it, but you know that to me speaks to what I've always maintained, which is I think Mac Jones was ahead of Justin Fields. I've thought that, I've said that since the draft. You and I both, in the moment of truth, right before the draft, said they're taking Trey Lance. That was our prediction. But I've believed that Mac Jones was real. Now, was he ever ahead of Trey Lance? I'm, I don't know. I'm not saying that, but I do think he was real, actually, truly considered. And I do think at the end, Mac Jones was ahead of Fields on the Niners draft
2: board. And I think Kyle kind of gave it away when he called Justin, the third guy. I don't even think it's debatable at this point. And I disagree with their evaluation. Now I look at it from a big picture scouting traits. Coaches do not because Sean didn't it feel like Sean kind of doubled down on with Kyle. Like I, people like were shitting, like it pissed Sean off. Like everyone's shitting on this kid. Like I think he's good. I love it when a coach does this too, you know, we're not in the quarterback. Uh, we're in the quarterback market, and then he rattles off all his traits. Like Sean, you're a football junkie. I know you watched three or four of his games because you were hearing the hype. If you're and he's him, watching
1: receivers and right, he was watching well, receivers but, too.
2: But think about this: if you're him and you start thinking like they might take Mac Jones, let me just get. Wouldn't you just if you're already watching those guys, kind of focus on him? Like you might be playing this guy for the next four or five years. Right. I don't even think it would be that crazy. And I, in the way Sean talked, like I think he's good. You know why? Coaches think he's good because you watch him. He's incredible at running the offense. My pushback is like, he doesn't have the physical traits guys. When he's getting chased by Aaron Donald, DeForest Buckner, he's going to get killed. He doesn't have a great arm, but all those guys see is like, you see his base, see his anticipation. It's about playing the quarterback. And they both were like on the same page on that. I I would imagine if we went through a lot of coaches in the NFL, I'm not even talking Sean or Kyle, which clearly would have been high on him. I think it's fair to say that everyone in that scheme probably liked Mac Jones. But I bet a lot of quarterback coaches and offensive coordinators were high on Mac Jones. Just like I think a lot of the scouting community, think about this guy, the Denver Broncos now are run by a GM. Now, they obviously they were with Elway too, but like a true personnel guy, the dude General Patton. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks, or not, not the Seattle Seahawks guy now runs the Panthers. And both those guys, when they needed quarterback, I guess they already had Sam Darnold, but they would have known that like Justin Fields, it was kind of clear that he might fall a little bit in the draft. I would say by about middle of free agency, it was like, God, people are down on Justin Fields. By the time the Orlovsky stuff came out, some people were just kind of down on him. You know, it's it, it, I, I don't quite understand it. Uh, he ended up going before Mac Jones, but they both kind of went, one guy went 12th, the other guy went 15th. Belichick didn't take him, like... I think a lot of GMs were probably in the ear of their owner. Like, this is, you know, you don't take Kirk Cousins in the top 15. Even if you think he's going to be Kirk Cousins, coaches don't care. Like, and that's where I'm glad whether Kyle decided on it, his personnel people talked him into it. However, they came to the conclusion of like, if you're going to invest your entire life savings as you did with this trade, you have to swing for the fences here. And you at know, the end because, of the day, he might
1: have liked him. He might have just liked him more, right? When he starts talking about, I need a top five quarterback. Trey. Trey. He might have said, because let's go back to the quote. You need a top five quarterback because that guy can bail you out of anything. Maybe that was but the I, deciding factor. This guy has the traits to be a top five quarterback.
2: I agree, but I think it's fair to say because we listen to him talk about Mac. And even, I think Sean knows. All these guys, it's like incestual. They're all buddies. Like they, How do all these guys not know exactly what the other guy thinks? How does... Mike McDaniel, I recommend, or not Mike LaFleur, the Jets did an awesome little YouTube series with a lot of LaFleur, who's pretty impressive. But like LaFleur's, the two brothers are like best friends with the McVeighs, or best friends with the Salas, who all work for the Shanahans, who are, it's like, they all know what everyone's thinking. I, I, I do not believe that they didn't know, or at least have a very, very good feel. And I think Kyle would have been, after hearing him talk, like... You know, I think he wanted Trey Lance. Obviously, they took him, but he thinks he could have won with Mac Jones. Yeah, yeah. And it I, pisses, I, and you could tell it pisses him off. He, when people talk about it, like and you've always said this from the jump, and my pushback on this is pretty simple. If you're invest, if you're taking your life savings to invest in something, because your take was we can't act like one player's floor, like no one's floor. We've seen it time and time again in the draft, right? There's no short sure thing. No, it's like okay, you don't invest in that sweet startup. Invest in just some basic business. Well, what if something happens and that thing goes bankrupt? Things change all the time. Solomon Thomas, worst case, he's going to be a solid rotational guy by about year two. You're like, it's a great example. Sucks. That's a great example. And I and I, but coaches don't think like that guy because they just see the right. plays and they see it work. Yep. But but then at minimum, then, I'll be able to trust this guy. But think. then what happens is they get really mad by about year two when it's not working. Right. Right. And I think Kyle would have learned that. And I think the other thing that stood out to me about Kyle, not that you didn't know this, not you, but just in general. Big arm. He, he should be. He's, he's cocky. Like he, he believes in his ability. As a quarterback, as a Pop Warner quarterback. <laughs> well, that too. But I'm just saying like, he, and he should. And I, but listen, I've been around Pat Hill, Andy Reid. Those guys, maybe a little humble. They're cocky inside. It's a good quality. I think with coaches, quarterbacks, star NBA player, star golfer, like you better fucking believe in yourself. But I think did, did that come out, out to you when you heard him talk, like he believes in his ability to do this shit.
1: Yeah. I think part of when you say, just think about the way he was talking about the jobs, right? Whether you buy or not, he would have waited for a top five quarterback. Ultimately, and that's four didn't. years ago, guy. Right. He had four interviews. Before John, he took a team to Super Bowl. He thought about canceling the Niners interview, he claimed. i <laughs> ah, just, I'm too tired. <laughs> Canceling an NFL head coach job interview? Uh yeah, I'm gonna. I'm Kyle Shanahan. That somebody else will offer me another job. Yeah, I mean, I you listen. I thought the way he talked about the Super Bowl. Yes, and I think you hear it in McVeigh. Um, you hear how
2: how. And I, I'm not uh, anti the cockiness. Like, no, no, no. I, you want your coach to have some swag. I think
1: the way he talks, in addition to the way he, when you watch him every day, I think it's part of the reason a lot of people, I, like me, I think like you, even though we talk about he needs to produce wins and losses, like. Right, but I think it's part of where the confidence in him comes from is you see the confidence that he has in himself, um, and I'm sure that comes from a variety of things. One of which being around his dad, being around the game, understanding who's good, understanding who's bad, having been in two Super Bowls, feeling close. Clearly, he feels like he could have won. Of course, he could have. We think that too, two Super Bowls. Um, and so I, you know, uh, it's it's probably just Feel, a it feels like part he
2: thinks he's a little he was a little closer. In the in the, I mean, in Atlanta, he had a huge yeah. lead and it, and it was a little on him the way he called the plays in the he was playing an elite team in the Chiefs. They, you know, Look, it wasn't as Jeff, crazy looking back, you know, they had a 10 point lead, you know, when you're comfortable in a situation, whether or
1: not it has led to wins or losses, whatever the case like, you know, sometimes you can lie to yourself, but you know when you're pushing the right buttons and the evidence sometimes matches it up. Sometimes the evidence doesn't match up with what you think, but you know, and then the other thing is like, think about who he's talking to. He's talking to Mike Shanahan. He's talking to John Lynch. He's talking to Sean McVeigh, He's talking to Robert Sala. And they're all reinforcing that. Yes, you're one of the best uh, at doing this. So I, I mean, he's just a very confident guy. Yeah. Uh, and I think part of it is I go back to, he's just been in that world for so long. He feel he's been an insider in that world for a really long time. Well, like so when you watch he them- believes. yeah, Mac jo- that, to, to, to just the point on that. Like, yes, I still go back to it. I think part of why he was kind of pissed off in that Monday press conference before the draft was even if he wasn't going to draft Mac, like, you guys are talking about him like he's a clown and he's not a clown. And, and when I don't draft him, that's not evidence that Mac Jones is a clown. It's just evidence that I like Trey Lance. But don't, don't make it into like, all right, Kyle, I'll pat you on the back. That's right. You thought he was trash just like I did. He's like, no, I'm going to separate myself just because I'm not drafting him. There's a
2: line between me and the guys that think he's trash because that's not me. That that clearly pisses him off, you know. I yeah. mean, that's something that now we'll see how the tune changes if he's not any good in New England. He'd be like, "Well, I'm not coaching him." <laughs> yeah, but we'll, we'll see, right? But I but I do get when coaches, like anyone in an industry that has to answer to the quote unquote the press, thinks like you guys are asking me questions that. I don't think you need to know or that I don't think I need to defend to you, right? If Jed wants to ask me this question, if our fucking, the guy, if if Guido walks in here and be like, hey, Bud Light's giving us $200 million. The CEO just has a question for you. Like, you don't know, we got to, Jed needs you to do this. But like to the press, I do understand where the confrontations happen, right? It just, I, I think there's sometimes that guy... And this one, it was different than just a one on one with like a an old school journal, right? It was it was the overwhelming one and we led the charge as well, the conversation. Like this is fucking nuts. It was universal.
1: Yeah, and I think we don't even have to generalize it, right? We can talk really specifically about Kirk. Because I think a lot of it comes from that. It's like, Kyle, I mean, ugh, explain yourself on Kirk Cousins. And he's like, You mean the guy that just threw thirty five touchdowns, forty two hundred yeah. yards? Why do I have to explain Drew,
2: myself? The guy that beat Drew Brees in the, in the Superdome two years ago yeah. when there were fans. It wasn't empty. It was, there were fans in there. Remember that? Why do I have to explain and, myself? And then we had to play them in the second round because they were in the second round of the playoffs? Like I, I do think, wouldn't you say this? And I've come around on Cousins. And maybe just some players take longer, right? Like Josh Allen, immediately pretty damn good. I, you know, three years. Mahomes, right off the bat. Some guys just, if they're not as fit, might take them a little bit longer to mature in, in their game. Well, I think Kyle, if you just ask the random guy that follows football about Kirk Cousins, if we did a grading scale like 1 to 10, the highest grade someone would give, the highest, would be like a (laughs) 7. But it feels like most people would give him like 5s and 6s. I think Kyle would look at him like, you guys are idiots. He's better than 90% of
1: the people that have ever played the position for more than two (laughs) years.
2: so I I, I think that type of stuff pisses him off. And that was, think about that, that was his guy. Who has gone on to make 150 million dollars and is clearly way better than anyone ever thought? And like you said, that that player, that player specifically, has been I would say one of the more polarizing players of like the second half of the last decade, wouldn't you say? Yeah, because he's just every year his contract has been up and
1: every year the number's been huge and it's just so every year it's like, well, is he worth it or is he not? And it's not some three years from
2: now hypothetical. I guess yeah, you become polarizing when you make a lot of money and you're not viewed as like an elite guy. And it's just a franchise deal. It's like, wait,
1: they're going to pay him how much this year? The franchise yeah. tag, right? I think. And it got really
2: contentious. It was like, well, you already paid me the franchise tag. I'm not. He, in fairness to him, like he was turning down extensions and he was proven right.
1: Then you like that kind of that was yeah no he was proven right. You like that? He was proven right, but I think Kyle told us we we kind of guessed it. Kyle told us what his order uh, his quarterback order was uh, in that. Uh, in that interview. So
2: I, I think, is it fair to say the order was really just two guys and I, I was wrong on this, the information. I wonder if they never would have made that trade for Justin Fields. I don't they think they would have, I said that they wouldn't they, have had to guy
1: after the draft. I said, I don't think they considered him from what I'd heard. And you're right. They wouldn't have had to. So that would have been bad. They wouldn't have had to for Mac either. Both would have been bad. Uh, we wouldn't have necessarily known it, right? It would have been easy if they had drafted fields to be like, yeah, he wouldn't have been there at 12. That's what we all would have said. If they drafted him like, hey, he wouldn't have been there at 12 probably anyway
2: um, But fields or excuse me, Lance. I think it's fair to say, without having the information, because we'll never know. Under no circumstances would have been there at twelve. Agreed. The other two guys literally (laughs) were. Totally agree. (laughs) One guy went at twelve. The other guy went fifteen. No arguing. There's
1: there's no debate on that, which is kind of makes it fun, I guess, in some ways. John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about our friends. Might have been too big on the YouTube. Our friends at DECT. Decked, DECT.com slash ham. I've actually gotten some DMs from a few people when they check out the website. and They're like, holy smokes, this stuff is sick. Uh, if you want a truck, you know what it's like having to stuff your stuff rattling around in the cab or the seat. What a pain it can be to keep it organized, protected from the elements, safe. Not only that, but everything you put back there is exposed and unsecured. Deckt makes organizing, accessing, protecting, and securing Everything you need so much easier right now go to decked.com
2: slash ham to check out the decked drawer system I feel like your guy your baseball coach at San Jose State I bet he drives a truck and if he drives a truck he should go get decked <laughs> right now Should because if you're driving a truck for all you the east decks
1: for all the black magics
2: yeah you just never know just some extra gloves in there you know maybe just you tailgating after a big win throw it you know some modelos. You got options, guy. You, you know, some extra pants. If someone, you, some of your players are not paying attention, they forget their pants or their shoes. It's like the equipment staff could use the truck as well. The deck drawer system keeps your gear secure. It's out of sight and out of mind. If your tailgate is locked, you can't even open the drawers. Think about that. So no one can break into your stuff. Deck also offers a full line of segmented storage, organizational accessories like various toolboxes, bags, cargo tie-downs. other handy items uh the deck drawer system is a 100% made in america gotta love america three year no hassle warranty but as they've told us they've never turned anyone down
1: never guy we loved we had a good talk with the people at Decked. uh the full length drawers can carry up to 200 pounds inside of whatever you got and then there's a 2,000 pound payload capacity on the load floor which means you can roll your you know atv up on top of it and as we also heard that there are a lot of people who you kind of what's it called like you retro you modify it retro mod whatever modify, and you retrofit retrofit it yeah you put you know ice and you you tailgate with that bad boy, uh, over seven thousand reviews a four point eight nine rating fits every size truck and cargo van made since the mid nineties, and every uh, mid-size truck since around two thousand and five, so uh, they got something for everybody. Free shipping when you go to com. That's D-E-C-K-E-D com slash
2: ham. com slash ham. Go yep. do it. Yeah, buddy. All right. Uh, did, you, did, did, you, did you know? I didn't. I, maybe I did have read this before. The Mets just took the other dude on Kumar the- Kumar Rocker, yeah. His dad is the defensive line coach for yeah. the Eagles. yeah. I know we've talked about him. I, th- I thought we talked about him. They showed him during. The we talked the about series. the kid. I didn't know the D line. Maybe we did mention that he's a big motherfucker. Isn't yeah, his da- <laughs> I think his dad did he play in the NFL? Played at Auburn or something. Played at Auburn. That's right. Might have coached yeah. In Tennessee oh, yeah, we, we, at Yeah, you're right. In time. We did we, we did Tracy Rocker. Yeah, Tracy. Rocker. Did they just yeah. show him? I just saw on Twitter that uh, some of the guys I follow for the Eagles were like pumping their you know. Fired up. Incredible value for the 10th overall pick. One thing I
1: had heard a couple days ago was like some people thought just the game in the College World Series, he got knocked around a little bit. Might have knocked him down a few uh, spots. But um,
2: his dad won the Outland Trophy. As the best defensive line coach in college? No, when he was a player at Auburn. That's what I'm saying. As the the best defensive line player. Yeah, Yeah. and he won the Lombardi Award. You just see, like, uh, because I... I'm watching the Connor fight last night, and it hit me, not that I didn't already know this, like, in the history of fighting, most people that have become great fighters, obviously boxing forever, and now UFC's been around, I mean, really, the last, like, 20 years, they did not grow up with any money. And most people, like, were responding to the tweet, like, yeah, you know, there were a couple names, but for the most part, and someone tweeted at me, like, that's not, isn't that true for most pro sports? I'm like, no, I think you can find a lot of former big leaguers or you know NFL players or NBA players, kids who have a lot of success. Absolutely. Now it's different getting hit in the mouth and being a great pitcher or being a great shooter or being a great golfer or tennis player or whatever. But it is pretty impressive that a lot of these guys. But also like they do hit the genetic lottery. Like me and you have children. Our kids are just not going to look like Kumar Rocker, right? They're not going to be. They're just not going to be as good. And you'll know immediately, like in little league. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'd be shocked if Kumar Rocker wasn't the best player by the time he was in, like, sixth grade on his Little League team, right? Al Leiter's kid. Steph Curry. You know, Peyton Manning. Like, these guys, you just get gen- – the genetics are just better when it comes to athleticism, right? Just like if you ever meet, like, a super-educated family, usually they're children. But I my take on that's always been they force, like, your kids to read and stuff more than, like, you're just born smart. Like, I see my little brother's kid. Like, kids are all kind of the same in, like, one and a half for the most part, right? Some are bigger or smaller than the other, but they're all just moving around, kind of making some sounds. I think you can kind of create into now. Some people have more capacity to learn, but like you can hammer home stuff with intelligence that like, you can't teach kids to be six, four. Yeah. How about the spelling? B, the
1: spelling bee champ, John, who also was like a, a Guinness book of world records dribbler. You see that? She has like three dribbling records and she won a spelling bee.
2: Isn't she really good? Just basketball player. Yeah, like, but I think she's a like pretty, pretty good grade. basketball player from what I've seen. Yeah, some
1: people are just more talented than others. Great name, too. Avant-garde. A um, couple other things from the, uh, I guess, you know, that was one thing that was a big, Kyle Shanahan throwing from a rooftop was a big thing.
2: Uh, the Julio Jones, clearly. He- Do you think, if you had to guess, I don't know how that whole thing happened. Did Joe Staley invite him? To a Fourth of July party, does he invite Joe Staley to a Fourth of July party? Do they both just end up in the same area and text each other? How does that happen? You know, I got my my first guess was like Kyle was at
1: like a house nearby. Joe invites him over. That's just how I perceived it. That may be totally wrong, but that's
2: how I perceived in, it. In at Del Mar, so they're both in San Diego. Yeah, I would imagine something like that goes down. Maybe they both own houses down you there. think Kyle like tells his like his family, I'll, I'll be back in 30. I'm just gonna go see Joe.
3: Something Wouldn't like totally, shoot.
2: yeah. I could see something like that. Like come on, then, hey, like three over. hours Come over to me and my buddies. Kyle, where are you? And you start thinking like it's not like Joe's twenty eight. Like he's like thirty seven. I mean, he's closer to Kyle's age than most people. Like they're actually pretty similar. Like, he's older than Sean McVay. <laughs> you know, oh, I bet, I love how much Would you imagine that Joe Staley and Kyle text a lot? Yeah, because it's like, easy. Right, got got along. Kyle probably like
1: in a way that Kyle can't necessarily text with his own current players. Right. Did really did me and different.
2: you were we interviewing Joe, in, individually or was was it in a scrum like Kyle's first or second year when he yeah like, he was in a scrum, I th- that's think what it was.
1: we talked to somebody else individually that day Eric Armstead maybe or something like that no not DeForest it was Armst- DeForest yeah it was DeForest but Joe because I remember somebody asked him like hey, it's something about Harabon he was like eh, you know it's different around here now. He was kind of happy, right? Was that the... Tom but but I
2: also remember it was like a year in. So they had been really shitty. It was like going into their second year. And the way he talked about Kyle was like, I'm telling you, this guy's pretty special. And it was... But the, Joe was not one to just throw shit around and act like, you know, it's perfect. And it was like, damn, that did he just say what I think he said? Yeah. Like he clearly gravitated toward Kyle. And I bet they have similar personalities. And well, maybe not. I guess Joe's probably a little different personality than Kyle, but... It definitely looked like they were both at red solo cup parties and he just migrated to either Joe came to him or he went to him. Don't right? forget.
1: Like they have a, they probably have a similar style of football, but at the, at, the, it's, at his heart, Joe Staley's a skill position guy, right? Like Joe Staley, like he wants to, he wants to run out there with Alex and he wants to catch passes and he was a tight end. And
2: well, do you know what Joe Staley was made for? I mean, put on this earth to do run the zone scheme, a great athlete who can move. What is Joe Staley's? Greatest play in the history of the Niners, running in the open field, fucking knocking the Saints out in the middle. And how many players could do that? Trent Williams, like most tackles, can't move like that. I bet he thinks if I would have had Kyle Shanahan or Papa Shanahan, the majority of my career, I would have been like a Hall of Famer. I was May. I'm Lane Johnson. That's what Joe Staley thinks. I was Lane Johnson, and but I was so good. I played in Harbaugh's power scheme. I kicked ass. Yeah. He probably now, just, I mean, drinking. I think
1: he I'm with you. He thinks he wishes he probably wishes he was five years younger. Hell yeah. He didn't he didn't win a lot. I mean, he was a great player, right? But
2: he did get lucky though that his he had a lot of shitty years, but he had four incredible years. Right. Two Super Bowl years and those other two with Harbaugh where they were a powerhouse. Yep. So it's like it was shitty, but you made a lot of money. And to me, you got to go to two Super Bowls. Right? That's a lot of guys cannot say that. No. No high highs, like,
1: and it made him a. It, it 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 didn't change who he was as a player, but it elevated his status in like now the history of Niner greats.
2: But just think about how many like really really good players like DeAndre Hopkins or Keenan Allen or I mean we could go around different positions. It's just easy to think Joe Thomas never even made the playoffs, but even like a DeAndre Hopkins, like more than likely De- DeAndre Hopkins maybe has gone to his last playoff game with the Texans. You know, think about that. Keenan Allen, when's the last time that guy's been in the playoffs? He's thinking like, shit, I'm one of the best players in the league. Yeah, We win five games. I know.
1: Uh, oh, oh, one other thing from the show. There was actually several other things, but we'll move on to some other topics, I guess. Uh, I loved, you remember when anybody tweeted like, ah, oh, would Shanahan draft Kyle Pitts? I was like, shut up with that stupid take. McVeigh did McVeigh actually believe Kyle would take it? Or was he just kind of afraid
2: that he would? It's hard to tell. Because uh, they, they, they admitted when they made the trade, like, yeah, guys are taking a quarterback. Like, they were, they were uh, open with that. <laughs> my
1: read on that is he, he probably just seen him, and he didn't really have a great take on Trey Lance. He even kind of said that. Like, I didn't have a great take on Trey Lance and McVay. But he had just seen Pitts and knew, not from a draft value standpoint, just knew if he was on the 49ers, he probably thought, like, how am I going to defend Pitts and Kittle? Like, how would I do? What would I do? I think you're just afraid until the guy doesn't, I think you're just afraid. You have to kind of consider everything, right?
2: Well, I think, I think Pitts was the guy this year. If you read like a, I almost said Ron Wolf article, but Bob McGinn article. If you read like the articles from the scouts, some years there aren't necessarily that guy, but this year, like who's the one guy that could be a hall of famer? Like everyone was like Kyle Pitts. Cause I remember watching a couple games just like during Corona when I had the, bike in the office, and I would just ride the bike sometimes on Saturday. The, all the gyms were closed. And Florida, for whatever reason, played a lot in that 9 a.m. kickoff. That motherfucker, every game, was doing incredible things. He's 6'5". He can run like a deer. His hands are incredible. I mean, he was, he was pretty awesome. And it turns out their team was really good, and they had a quarterback get drafted in the second round, a wide receiver get drafted, at pick 20. But you could not... I, I don't think that was ever a discussion. No,
1: I would think not, no. <laughs> uh, any other takeaways from Flying Coach? I mean, just the, the these two guys being in the same division is pretty cool because yeah. I, there are a lot of similarities. We talk about the similarities of their offensive style, but I think just the, the individual people, who they look for, uh, what kind of players they like, the kind of style they want to play. Outside, I'm not talking X's and O's, but just their, their I, kind of philosophies about physicality. I it It has the potential if they can both – Be in their individual places for the next, you know, fifteen years. Who knows? uh, To be a pretty great
2: rivalry. I think one thing that sucks is like when you get a guy who becomes your guy. Ideally, you'd like him in another division, because then you really don't. And ideally, in a different conference, because then you can be just truly his friend. You mean from the standpoint of them? Yeah. Yeah. As a as a human being, when he's in your division, it becomes. I would say, pretty adversarial during the season. Like, that guy is a legit rival. Like, you're thinking about his team, where he is in the standings 24-7, 365. Like, even, like, John Harbaugh's Andy's guy. Like, are the Ravens and Chiefs rivals? Kind of. I mean, not really. But, I mean, they they easily could play in a playoff game, and it would be very serious. But he doesn't have to think about the Ravens 24-7. But if he was, like, Gruden and Andy. Does Gruden and Andy feel like the buddies they were when... Remember when Andy would go into the, the bus a lot on Monday Night Football? I was like, these guys are boys. Now it's like, I don't think they're boys anymore.
1: When you're just the TV it, guy, yeah.
2: It, it just, but it just kind of ends. I th- if, if I told you John Gruden was the coach of the Niners, it feel like their relationship would still be probably a little more normal. It does not feel like that at all. I just think it, now I'm not saying that Kyle and McVay had that same, they hadn't known each other as long, but it does feel like they don't really talk that much. Even they kind of mentioned it. We talk a little bit about the Combine, but we, it's just, we can't really. Yeah. It's part of the business. Yeah. That kind of sucks. Yeah. Because there's only so many people that speak your language understand your pressure. Well, like, if Kyle wants to talk to either of the LaFleurs that he knows really well, it's pretty easy to talk to the LaFleur with the Jets, right? Yeah. He can text him whenever. Like, why does it even matter? But are you going to be like, especially once Rogers, which is pretty clear inevitably is just going to be there day one now? Like, what a divorce that never happened. You can't, like, the Packers aren't just going to be feeding like. Remember when Kyle called him? He's like, "Bro, what are you? What are you talking about? About the Rodgers? Yeah, because trade cause, thing cause,
1: cause the, the they, went, they hadn't been texting in the last four days, just keeping up on stuff, right? Well,
2: and that we was my
1: impression to, is that they hadn't been in touch for a while. First of all, and now to your point,
2: yeah, well, one hundred percent, Kyle. If the if the guy demands us trading him, and the last team in the world will trade him to you. So good luck. That's the
1: other thing. It's not like one of them's about to retire. They feel like anything I say to this guy, he could use again. Anything he knows about me, he could use against me
2: for the next thirty games that we play each other. I do think you kind of become isolated as a head coach sometimes. Well, yeah, you know? because
1: I, I, you absolutely do. Because McVeigh was shocked when Schrager was like, "You know, this is the one everyone's been waiting for," and McVeigh's like, "Really? They've all been waiting for Shanahan? Not as a not like to denigrate Kyle. I don't think he quite realizes how much bigger the Niners are right now than." you know, just talking about Zach Taylor or even LaFleur or Robert Sala, which are all, they're all great interviews, but uh, McVay does not have a handle on the size of the Niners brand right now relative to most teams in the league, which is fine. It's not, what does he care?
2: Yeah. Would you agree with no, that? I
1: would, I, yeah. It's not his job. He's not in the marketing department. He's in the football coaching no. department. Um, but I just, I think one thing that would really take it, I, if these two teams, if you ask me, game. Yeah, what do I want out of the next year or two? I want Rams Niners in the playoffs, because that would be like that's would you got write, the potential. Rams
2: Niners or Rams Bucks playoff game this year? You had to sign up for one. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean Rams Niners for me. Over Ram over Niners Brady. Oh, did you say I saw? I thought you said Rams Bucks. Sorry, sorry, Niners, sorry, Bucks? sorry, sorry,
2: sorry. N- Niners Rams. Yeah, Niners, I
1: mean you'd Bucks. have to take that game. <laughs> Yeah, you are like the Rams ain't going anywhere. Have, you know, you You'd have Montana
2: there in like a Bucks hat. You're like, what the? F- Why is Joe wearing a Bucks hat? You you had uh, I was at the airport. I have that much sound beside the highlights. Does 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 Aaron come off way cockier than Tom? Oh or was yeah. Is he kind of normal on that? Yeah. He's not, much more it, like... not because kinda, of what he says. Just because the, this is body language. And yeah, stuff. Tom
1: feel Tom appears to me more comfortable just being kind of vulnerable. Yeah. Tom, it really, when Tom hits a shitty shot, he's like, he's embarrassed. Like he, But, you know, he's putting himself out there. Um, Aaron hit some great shots. Aaron, the shot Aaron <laughs> hit from, like, the ha- hazard area with the ball way below his feet in, like, some rough, and he didn't quite get it all the way there. I think it came up short. Maybe it was in the sand, but it was, to hit the ball straight was just incredible. But, yeah, Aaron's just, they're just different. Like, I think Brady, at his core, is an includer. You know, just bringing everybody in. And I think Aaron, to me, kind of is sad content being alone. Uh, I'm not saying he doesn't want to be around teammates, but I'm just saying, like, I, I think they just have different personalities. Yeah. And uh, I don't think it means Tom's any less confident. But, yeah, I...
2: They're different. I think Tom... I, my take is, like, Tom's just, in a weird way, kind of a more normal guy at his core. Yeah. He's just... I think he's more relatable, just, like, with an average person. And, and I'm not... Some people are just different. And Aaron's yeah, I, clearly... I actually think he's getting a little more different as he's getting older. Because it felt like Tom was like... Remember four or five years ago with all the stuff? Like, Is he jumping the shark? He's actually done a pretty good job of like, I just do my own shit. It works for me. I'm kicking ass. Everyone now is like, well, it works.
1: Right? I would say Aaron's <laughs> more guarded. Maybe that's the... That's so were they
2: messing with him a lot with the thing?
1: Well, yeah, they, not a lot. They went through, everybody asked him a question. All right. You know, Charles did the classic. All right, Aaron, just you and me talking. What are you going to do? You know? And someone had a great comment. I don't remember who, but they're like, Aaron's like every other guy in the golf course, just doesn't want to talk about his day job.
2: (laughs) A lot of will sees for like, yeah. So he's, he's kind of admitted like nothing's happening. Right. You're right. I mean, I guess he could have used the platform to be like, I tried to tell him I want out, but I
1: mean, but that's not really his style.
2: I mean, it's Phil. Phil carried the broadcast. Just Phil is about. Phil. You have to have Phil, <laughs> yeah, because Phil can mess with you. Phil can.
1: Uh, F- Phil is just when Phil's messing with you, it doesn't. He just has really quick. He's quick, so we can slide something in without needing four minutes to build up his his uh, punchline. Like you know, Bryson came out with some duct tape for for uh, Brady on the first
2: tee in case he tore his pants. Um, that's pretty funny. Yeah, it was funny. I funny. I do I do think Tom has the world figured out. He wins Super Bowl after Super Bowl. He just moved to Florida, no state income tax. Won a Super Bowl with a franchise It was a joke. Brought his buddy with him, really his buddies. He brought AB too. He has he has a house in Montana. That I think the average person would be like, why would he go to Montana? And then you see it on TV, you are like, this place is fucking beautiful. You know, he's like, this is like Tahoe on steroids. With this unreal golf course, like oh my god, and then you look how much it costs. Like yeah, the elite guys all go there, you know. It's, but it's like, it's that's pretty. I mean, they that's his place, right? That course, like where he kicks it. Like those other guys don't go there. Like Phil doesn't
1: hang Aaron, out there. Aaron, I guess, had gone like a few weeks ago or last month with some buddies and played.
2: He'd been there before, but yeah, like that's just recently. Tom Bryson has not. notoriously has been. Remember, he brought like Julian back in the day. Those guys to train. Like that's where he hangs out in the summer. Like Tom. Tom's got the world by the balls. That's that's my takeaway from just seeing the visuals of the. Yeah,
1: I, I think no, yeah, it's. I think what's cool about him from is he's managed to get to this place where he kind of acts like he's retired, but he's not. He's kind of loosened up in a way that you think you do after you retire, but he's not retired. He's still competing. He's still winning championships.
2: Yeah, maybe, like Peyton is a special personality too, but there is like, and I, I'm a Peyton guy. I I do think sometimes he. Not that he's acting, but he's just kind of playing a character sometimes. Where Tom just kind of like you, you said it perfectly. He's very at peace and very vulnerable, but he's just just very cool with where he's at. Yeah, you know. Yeah,
1: he's he is. Uh, yeah, he's. I, I actually think Phil
2: is too right now.
1: <laughs> well, Phil, absolutely. <laughs> a couple times they're like Phil. Uh, now remind us who currently holds the trophy for the uh, PGA
0: Championship.
2: Phil was great. He 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 hits. I honestly think he could win another major. Bombs. (laughs) Bombs. Bombs. A couple other things. What else do you want to hit? Other stuff that's been going on. Uh, Well, Cal Poly legend. When we were in college, and I I don't know if it was like this at Fresno, but in Cal Poly, because the guy lived there, was a Cal Poly student, was really our most famous athlete probably ever, Chuck Liddell. Mm. He was such a big deal. And he was so cool. Like everyone, when he fought, Tito or Rampage, anyone he fought, the everyone in town got his pay-per-views. Like it wouldn't have been if I would have been at USC or something, who knows? Not that I would have gotten into USC, but you know what I'm saying. Like yeah. he was an enormous deal at Cal Poly. He's cool. Like I I'm a big Chuck Liddell guy. And he was sitting with Baker Mayfield. Like I I just that to me was like Chuck Liddell's hanging out with Baker Mayfield. Now, is there a chance that bunch of elite people you end up just sitting around other elite people like baker was with other teammates but baker's wife was on the other side of chuck like i don't know and someone dm'd me like n- clearly a browns fan was like middle you just gotta learn baker is that guy like when i think <laughs> chuck liddell i don't know I, I i could see like chuck liddell sitting next to Mahomes. like baker is, is baker actually kind of cool and kind of sweet i don't know yeah maybe people like him i it could <laughs> be i no, you said he was on the match. He calls in like he's yeah. He's kind of riding this wave of just reinvigoration. I don't know. I know he's he's if he could if he if his level
1: of his fame is is massive and he's not even you know I mean he's a really good player obviously he did win a playoff game last yeah, year like really like he had a player. good year but if he becomes like a top eight type quarterback it's he clearly enjoys it so he'll maximize it. Chuck was big in Fresno when I was going to school and even after because his management, uh, a guy named Dwayne Zinkin jr is a fresno guy and so chuck i and was like a star is that wrestler. is that a
2: is that a lorenzo neal friend
1: absolutely i'm pre, i yeah. would imagine yeah well because
2: that guy's a wrestler lorenzo was a wrestler he ran in that circle fresno
1: is legendary wrestling um, yeah. high school and at their college program but definitely high school so chuck i always feel like chuck was around i just hear stories that you know chuck liddell was around a lot in Fresno. Chuck
2: feels very middle of California. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, Central California, Fresno Valley. Chuck's a badass.
1: Where was he sitting relative to uh, to Mark Davis?
2: <laughs> and Mark and? Marcel Rees. Marcel Rees. Do you think it's a faux pas? Because I've had this thought sometimes, like, you know, when Mark walked in with the pick, the shirt, clearly just right out of the bag. Yeah. It's 2021. Can they not develop a strategy where you just pull out of the bag and it's like, doesn't have the, those lines? Not if it's not, a, I could get a wrinkle-free shirt, maybe. Yeah. Did you, do you appreciate that move of just not even thinking about ironing it? You know? He doesn't usually, that's dressed up for him. Like, it's not his outfit. I know. It's, it's, uh, I saw,
1: I, my, I wondered, like, did they have to get, like, did something happen to the other shirt he was wearing and they had to get him a quick shirt real quick? Or did he just leave the house, new shirt for the fight, and he just threw it on and was like, I don't care. Um... Because the because I, I just I you, always, go you get the immediate like
0: oh new shirt
2: like yeah actually how can you <laughs> <laughs> say this for Mark? This is where I mean obviously financially the move he is a infinitely bigger deal there than he ever was here immediately right yeah like Dana White boom He's, he goes to everything that matters there. Not that I guess he couldn't have here, but it just wouldn't have been the same. Like the Giants are playing the Dodgers in the first round of the playoffs. Like he ain't sitting in front row. Warrior I don't games. know if he, where he was sitting. What o- old Warrior? Like Oracle yeah, he Arena used to go to Warrior games. games. I mean, he was a, he was places, but it feels like he gets ju- like it's a big deal when he shows up. Yeah, yeah. He's the owner of their football team. Right.
1: He does feel and like Marcelo's he's got a right higher there VIP status than
2: yeah. That's that's my point. Yeah. In in a VIP town, right. Yeah. In a VIP town. Is Marcel Reese uh, working for the team in some official capacity, like team ambassador or something like that? Yeah. I think we always said this about Seabass. When you were that shitty for that long, really their two best players over that time were their kicker and their fullback was a pro bowler for a couple of years. Would they have been, if you would have put them on the Steelers or the Packers, like, is it the same? Because I, my, I, and I listen, Seabass was always cool. I was always like, I wouldn't say in awe of them, but always like, damn, that's Sebastian Janikowski when we were around him. Always really. Admired might be the wrong word, but just thought he was really cool. Yeah, like I always, yeah. I always appreciated. appreciated. Yeah, I think he was a little overrated as a player, at least in our by time watching him really closely. Yeah. yeah, he was missed a lot of kicks. Marcel was a pretty unique chess piece, but even by the time we were around a lot, I don't know if he was quite as good. But those guys, definitely Marcel. I guess Seabass probably made a lot of money from kicking. Marcel really capitalized on being the Raiders' famous player when they were really he was their shitty, and Mark bowler. took over. Yeah, a and now he's s- senior he's advisor guy. to the owner and president. This is more smart move. He's like, wait, I, I could move to Vegas and just be a fucking right hand guy. Yeah, I'm there.
1: I, I would, I would love to advise you at the uh, at <laughs> UFC 185 or whichever one it was. Speaking of which, you ordered the fight. I on did, my there. on my ESPN Plus or on your ESPN. Well,
2: Plus? I had your ESPN Plus on my iPad. I couldn't figure out how to do it on the TV. You had given me yours so I could watch the PGA Championship. I think. Yeah. And you just did the five ninety nine thing, so I immediately buy the five ninety nine. I realized on yours, the beauty is so only five ninety nine. Like, I'm yeah, curious. you're good for a month. <laughs> then I go to mine. I get the five ninety nine thing, and I'm trying to figure out how to buy the fight. I had FOMO because, and I'm not a big fight guy when it comes to UFC, but it, this felt pretty big. Well, Connor, Connor cuts me.
1: through the noise. Like, even yeah. if you're not a fight person, you're like, Conor McGregor? Okay. But
2: I follow enough fight people and follow the fight game closely. I think this other guy, Dustin Poirier, was, like, really, really highly thought of. Like, he's viewed in that circle as, like, an elite champion. And yeah. he's beat Connor before. So I was like, you know, I kind of want to watch this. And just you started hearing rumblings of, like, the people that are going to be there. Like, I think this was a pretty big deal. Now, the risky part with a fight... Like, here's the thing. I bought the fight two fights before. Like, I don't need to watch. I ain't going to watch the seven fights leading up to it. So I really just paid the $70 basically for the main event. Now, the main event, any main event when it's a huge thing, like a Conor, a Tyson, a Pacquiao type, Floyd, the lead up of when the last fight ends to go to them and it gets dark is badass. Yes, it is. That's incredible. And, And the look on Connor and Dustin's face, like, what they know's on the line. Everyone's watching that. Like, that is just, the anticipation is unlike anything. To me, it's even more than a football game. Because once you start playing or fighting, it just becomes a fight. But that lead-up is like, God. And even Joe Rogan was like, I'm nervous. And Cormier, who does the thing, too, was like, fuck, my juices are flowing. You could feel the tension in there. And then when they just start fighting, it's a fight. But, you know, it's... The fight lasted five minutes. <laughs> yeah, what
4: well,
1: shattered. I think one thing. I mean, the the, I saw the highlight. Do you know how close the kick that actually like cracked his leg and when? Well, his, Poirier like, thought
2: that it happened like early on. That they kind of came out swinging and kicking at each other, and they're landing these kicks. That I, listen, I've watched enough like ninja YouTubes that you can callous that you know your leg, which I'm sure these guys do. But even Dustin was like, we were kicking each other pretty hard. I think I cracked early on. And then when he went to, you know, it's like a, if there's a nail in the tire and the nail goes out, the tire pops. Like He was like, it's not really, he didn't just step on his leg and the thing shattered. It was probably hanging by a thread. Like it was 80% cracked. I didn't know it was cracked, but it makes sense. And Connor, in his accent, Rogan sits down to interview him. It makes no sense. You can't even understand him. Called it bullshit. That's not what happened but
1: I, saw I, tweeted, I, like, I, think that,
2: I think that is what happened. Connor made some good points. I was
1: like, okay, his energy interview must did have been watch? incredible. No. Did you watch
2: his post-interview? No. He made, I mean, you couldn't even understand him. Now, he was, I followed this fight pretty closely, at least the lead-up. He had been saying some crazy things. I'm going to kill you. He had DM'd his wife. I'd heard his, say. Yeah, I'd watch, I watched one of those press conferences about yelling about the guy's wife. It had gotten a little weird, and I think Poirier was really, like, it was serious. Like, he was pissed off about it. And Connor wouldn't let it go. Well, they asked. It's him hard about to tell sometimes. Like, is this fake or is it real? I, it did feel like Connor was in a
1: weird place. So that was the third fight, and I guess Poirier. Somebody asked him about the fourth fight. He's like, "Yeah, I'll fight him in the parking lot, or I'll fight him in the next wherever, wherever. we're going to fight him again. Let's fight him again."
2: Well, Connor's uh, like, uh, Con- Connor's screaming. The one thing you could understand, like, "I'll oh, go fight him right now!" And he tries to get up. His ankle shattered. They have to hold him down. It's like, God, this is out of control. I went.
1: I've been to one UFC event. Uh, like in 2011, it was in San Jose. I was in Fresno at the time, but I drove up with it for it. And it was amazing. Like, I just remember walking out of there like, that was a show. And somebody, I would go. yeah. So I, I would go again. Uh, somebody broke Guy, their It was leg. packed. Is T-Mobile. Shogun, the- I think it was, some UFC person will remind me, will tell me. It was like, Hendo and Shogun Rua. I don't know. Somebody broke their leg saying, like trying to do like a standing, fucking, I don't even know what type of kick.
2: Um, But it was a show. It was a show. One thing I think you get in UFC that you do not get in boxing, is like in boxing you get knocked out or you get combos to the face. In UFC you get in these positions where the dude is straddling them and you're like, inside you're like, oh my, he's getting elbowed to the nose and the mouth. This is the pain. He's getting hammer shots to the forehead or to the cranium. The pain that they're inflicting. Boxers are nuts, Right. These guys are on a completely different level. Connor, Poirier. Hardy got knocked out by this. I think he was a Samoan type. He's an American, but. Big guy. Well, Hardy's huge. And this guy was a little smaller, but this guy might have been six. Hardy's like six, eight. This guy KO'd him. These guys are nuts, man. One thing, one beef I have. Mm. The guy that. Left ESPN, who's now with the ringer. One big thing that happens in UFC a lot is like how the fighters are always getting screwed. I'm going to push back on that a little bit. It's a sport that's very, very top heavy, right? You, you don't have like a right guard in boxing. Like the guy fighting, the, it, let's say there were, I think there were 12 fights. The seventh fight, like the, the fifth fight in, so seven fights till Connor. not a soul's paying for that fight. He is benefiting from everything. So to think like he's getting screwed, it's just not the case. Conor was the highest paid athlete in the world last year, made $180 million. I don't know how much Dustin made, but I'd imagine Dustin made some serious cash in the last several years being a champion. The high-end guys in UFC, now I don't know about the one pushback always in these things are the retirement plans, right? For injured guys in, in combat sports, which, listen, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just talking about the compensation of the time up. The high end guys make their money. Yeah. The littler guys, like, I- I'm sorry, they wouldn't generate a penny if it wasn't for the high end guys going. And Dana, like, I'd argue that Joe Rogan, the guy announcing the fight, is infinitely more famous than everyone except, like, the two fighters. <laughs> so it's like, it's just, it's a, the, the, the business model. The moment you leave the top fight, you divide that next fight by 100, by 500, right? In terms of their earning power. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. But that is always a pushback from like the diehards whenever you're like, this is so shady of a business. Well, what are the well, guys in the first undercard making? You're talking about like the first fight of the night at like three o'clock in the afternoon? Yeah, but on like a legit
1: main event, right? Yeah, I mean UFC. Two thirty-five, first fight. I couldn't.
2: I couldn't even begin to like the they 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 fought last night at nine o'clock. It came on at three o'clock, and they were showing fights at three o'clock. Yeah, my guess would be fifty thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars. I don't know. That's more money tech than one hundred percent they could make anywhere else, and they should be honored to be on that card. Right? Changes you're their to, Yeah, you are
1: trying to move your way up the card. There is only one way to do it. From
2: what I. But think. it's not like like I understand if you are a guard. You're like, I'm worth 7 million. You can't play without the guard. I can have Connor and Dustin happen without any of these fights before. I could have a concert. I could do whatever the fuck I want. I know the the, the history is always like you got to lead up, which for sure, it helps. But you don't necessarily need 13 fights. I can have four, right? Uh, that is a huge yeah. pushback though in the UFC community that the fighters are getting screwed. Right. And I would imagine like it's, it's debatable, but the tie-in guys are never getting screwed. Connor made $180 but million. I, I, I last think anytime year,
1: you have the prize as big as it is at the end, you can get people to do stuff for less money than some other people think it's worth doing. Because they're, they're like, well, I'm sacrificing now because at the end of this rainbow potentially is a $50 million payday if I can get there.
2: Right? But it's like, couldn't I make the argument that if I'm an undrafted free agent, I make the Niners or the Rams? And through injuries, by week one, I'm your starting right tackle. We win the Super Bowl, I start every game at right tackle. You only had to pay me 600 grand. The going rate for my position, I'm under contract, but the going rate for my position, if I'm a good player on a top team, is what? Minimum $12 million? Did I get screwed? But we never talk about that guy like getting screwed. He's under contract. Like, yeah, it's just, it's business is just, it's complicated. We do with baseball a little bit, right? Because it takes you
1: so long to get to the big leagues. And by the time you do, you got a six year contract. You got to wait to hit arbitration and blah, blah, blah,
2: blah, blah. We do talk about it with baseball. I just think it's a little overrated because. In fighting, I would say in any individual sport, even tennis, the, the high-end guys carry the sport. And when I say the high-end guys, I'm talking like three or four people total. Like the sport, it, it, you take those guys away like no one cares. Well, I mean, the two, the men's
1: final, there was one star, Novak, and the other guy, Bertatini, Bertolini. It actually went four, it. right? Yeah. Four sets. He was good. He's he actually pretty good. I mean, just Djokovic is an absolute dominant force. Him against anybody is Djokovic.
2: But I was thinking this today when I just flipped it on. When does the first or second seed never not make the finals in these big tournaments? It feels it's like they're rare. at minimum, they're always there, if not both it's of them. Very rare. It's because again, very top heavy. But so it's like, and it's, it's very
1: hard to tennis matches long. It's just hard to beat. it. You can't, it's hard. It's you hard. can't <laughs> luck into it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard. I think it's so the nerves, especially, I think experience is such a big factor for a lot of these stars. They've been in these spots. Where you're talking to somebody else who's like, "Oh, I'm on center court for the first time." I mean, Novak's won 20 majors.
2: Well, did you notice that Kate Middleton was at that, and then she was at the Wimbledon? Well, I guess it was pretty close, right? It had to be because she now she changed. I saw a map. It was like, I swear to God, she was just there. Like, what's our what's what's the geography in that sports day since
1: Buck did the Giants and the and the Niners in the same day?
2: That had to be an enormous day in England,
1: right? Yeah, I saw somebody posted a photo of like the two stadiums. How close they? I don't know. You know they were. I don't know. Relatively how close, but obviously close enough. Wimbledon
2: and Wembley. Wimbledon. Wembley. Is it where Wembley where they play a lot of the NFL games?
1: That is where they play. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I. I know you were locked in. It's a big, big like a non. You know, on this Sunday we did come back with a lot of events going on as we're watching. I watched. I watched the. Uh, this was the uh, UEFA mm. uh, Champions. League? No, no you're, it's it's uh, Copa. 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 Are you
2: sure? <laughs> it's Copa. Yeah.
1: Anyway, I watched it with it. I thought. Nah, nah. I don't think it's Copa.
2: Was Copa something different? Europeans?
1: Yeah, these are the Europeans. Uh, the European Championship. That's what they won. The God, Euros. Yeah. You the you Euros. were locked in on it. I was locked in. I actually went to a bar, Monaghan's, with uh, the, I've mentioned him before, big uh, big Italian soccer fan, Joe Gavazza, and his wife, Kristen. And there was a ton of English soccer fans, a ton of Italians there. It was It's sweet to watch, but, you know, I'm like, I'm I'm watching this thing. Every, I think the same thing any soccer game I watch, which is just please don't be two nothing. Like because if it ever gets to a two goal difference, I I can't. It's just hard for me to stay. And then even the first thirty minutes, you and I were texting. Every soccer fan hates penalty kicks. It is by far and away my favorite. I've I feel like I've watched so many huge soccer events, World Cup. Penalty kicks come into play a ton. I I mean I get why they don't like it, but maybe it's you know they hate putting a runner at second base. Did, too, did
2: you had Did you have audio? Like, could you hear Song. the game? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: One thing, Taylor Twellman. Yeah, correct. It, 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 it sounded like him. Okay. Probably about midway through. He's like, you know, once they, because uh, England scored really early, right? Within like five minutes of the Two game. Two minutes.
1: Fastest ever. Two
2: minutes. He's like, well, he's like, then they kind of went, you know, whatever they call it in soccer, like the four corners. They just played defensive. they just trying to get, to win the game, one nothing. It's like, can you imagine in any other sport? Baseball, you just score what a run in the first inning. Or, or, you know, you score a touchdown, first drive of the game, 7 nothing. You're just like, we're just going to play defense. We're going to win this thing, 7 nothing. And now, in fairness, that's not how those sports are played. You would never think like that. In soccer, you do. It can be tough to watch. You know, there's nothing more exciting, right, than when, like, uh, it, sometimes it feels like they're offsides, But, like, when a guy kind of gets a breakaway or a guy down the side, you're like, he's got a lane. Like, shoot it. And then he fucks up. You're oh, like, oh, my God, we're not going to see that again for 20 minutes. I know. That happened a couple times with England. I'm like, Oh my God. And then it, nothing happens. It's like this sucks. I did somebody, uh, apparently the,
1: a lot of the Irish are also rooting for the Italians. There was this Irish guy there who said that the, he's like, no, it's good that, that England scored first because now it's going to force the Italians to play a certain way that they don't traditionally, and they were play. aggressive and it yeah. makes them get more aggressive. I don't know. All I know is I love PKs. I get why they feel it's a little unfair, not unfair, but just kind of, you know, cheap. I think it's unbelievable. Like to me, how do you think about the drama of PKs, I think it's nerve-wracking. Do you get any drama like penalty kicks and anything else? It's just well, mono a mano, one-on-one. If there's me, pressure though, it's,
2: on the kicker because it's, it's like you should score. Yeah, to me the sure, problem though whatever. is not it's not a realistic part of the game. Well, I know. that's why You I are don't like never it. in that situation in the middle of a soccer field, the pitch as they call it, where it's just you and the goalie. It, most goals happen... Where it's close, but you don't, they don't get free shots. Right. It's like, God damn, the header. The, that, to me, imagine like this week, the the British Open. I think in the open, they do the four holes. Like they don't do a sudden death. You get automatic four holes. And it's like the aggregate score. But if it was like, we're just going to go to the 18th hole. We're going to put tees in four different spots. We're going to have a putting contest. Like, or in baseball, it was like, who can throw the ball the farthest from home plate or just, but, it is a but little penalty kicks
1: are that, an actual part of the game. I think that happened during the game. Rarely, That is are. true.
2: But I, I can see, that's you know, it's just part ever since I've been watching soccer, it it does to me feel a little hollow. Like that's the way you're going to lose. Now in fairness, it I felt it. like it was never going to end. Know. That's the other like,
1: thing. It's like golf. How long do you really play if you just play an endless playoff? Like you know, holes, it's the one so dude the for
2: Italy, the defenseman. He lo- he looked like sixty years old. The really tall guy with the <laughs> oh hair hairline. I couldn't believe it. How
1: old it is was that a guy? young man's
2: sport? He had an incredible save when the one dude had like a little breakaway on the side. The the collar play where he sh- he threw the guy down. You tweeted. How's it not a red? Card. I don't know
1: anything about soccer, but I can't believe you get away with that. People told me when he got horse collared, like if he had really had a chance to score in that situation, it's probably a red card, but he didn't like prevent a scoring opportunity, which I don't know. I mean, look like he got a broken away to me, but
0: butcherboxcom slash ham and another special deal free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast or steak tips in every order for a year. Plus an additional 20 bucks off
2: Did you know that we lost in basketball to Nigeria yesterday? I, I
1: did know that. Yes, only because I saw uh, Gottlieb. Was it? Go- yeah, Gottlieb tweeted something about it last night. I had seen the game on TV. I kind of flipped over to it, and uh they had, you know, they had a few guys. They had like uh, Casey Okpala from Stanford and Iko Rebu from Washington State. Like I recognized a bunch of these names.
2: Prince uh, guy. We had Kevin Durant, night. Jason Tatum, and Dame Lillard and Draymond Green. So I it's an Embarrassing it. loss.
1: And it was, you know, they're up. I was like, oh, okay, whatever, and I and I
2: didn't wa- go back and watch any of it. Did you watch like the? I didn't watch a second, but is it close at the end? Yeah, I mean, ninety to eighty-seven. Mike Brown's the coach for Nigeria. What does any of you're it right, matter? They, they, well, it doesn't, but it's light a fire under him, John. It's good to lose right before the Olympics. But, but to me, when you're pl- like, you should not lose that game. Like you, that, I'm sure that's the most embarrassing loss in the. History I agree, the but baseball. I I did watch it, but it didn't mean anything. I did watch it and think,
1: oh my god, like Kevin. Dur- I just watched Kevin Durant play up full season. I just watched all these guys play. Like, are these, I did, that was my impression watching the game. It's like, how are these guys even locked in right now? Cause a, I think clearly they weren't. Yeah. First of all, I think the Olympics to basketball players, I'm not going to say it means less than it ever has, but it, it doesn't mean what it did to the dream team. Yeah, no, it doesn't. And then on top of that, this is not, you've coming out of like a really bizarre year. And on top of that, this is an exhibition game, right? Or something. I don't even know what.
2: Yeah, to, to me the the Olympics mean everything. The summer ones, right? to The gymnasts and the swimmers. Someone tweeted on my timeline, uh, Biles, like they must be having the prelims or whatever. Yeah. I swear to God, she was in the air like seventeen million feet. And now they have like clearly have uh, springs right. on the on the floor mat. She, I mean, she got she must have done I don't know eighteen flips in just the one spring. It was cra- It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Someone's like, how's this even humanly possible? Like that's where I do feel good. She's in her prime. Like she is. Yeah, my, my height I, of her. I feel powers. like I feel like Greg Popovich has mailed in his career since Kawhi Leonard told him to kiss his ass, and and Steve Kerr clearly doesn't even care about winning. He said it last year. We're not chasing wins. So I'm not totally like they make me a little nervous. That that those two, not that they're not prideful. Obviously Pop was you know in the military. I just well them John I them have, fine. Like, them having a chance to lose is by far the most interesting well, thing that could happen sure. in, the, in the basketball. I, I do take a lot of pride in knowing, like, to the swimmers, to our track athletes, and to some, you know, Biles and the rest of the gym. Like, it, this is their Super of Bowl. Of course, if you the, said, Durant, you can win the gold medal or you can win an NBA championship, what, what would he pick? Yeah, he wishes he was playing right now. he picked the championship. But I I like my guys to care about whatever they're in. Yeah,
1: well, I agree. I'm just saying, like, it's hard to have anybody care about anything as much as an athlete who only can compete once every four years. And this one's five years after they were supposed to compete. That's true. And and your body clock is like, how old is Simone Biles? Like, you know, 24? She's ready to roll. The swimmers, though. I'm with you, though. I would say swimming is probably my favorite. Like a bit when you know it's like this is the big dogs racing in this particular event. Yeah. And track and field. I mean, it's another one.
2: They let the girl in that smoked the weed. You know, she was out. I don't know if she's back <laughs>
1: in or not. I, I don't know what yeah, happened. Yeah, I, I don't know if she. I made didn't get back the impression in. she was back in.
2: But. No, she just wanted to. <laughs> do you think the NBA players were like? Wait, guys, they test for weed. I saw somebody say, all the NBA guys are out. <laughs> when, they they ain't testing those
1: guys. When does Hard Knocks start? Did you see that well, uh, while we were gone? Cowboys Hard Knocks. Did you like? I I, I like that. I mean, I. You know, I'm my. If you would add, I think there were only 5 teams that could have had it and it was like Denver, Arizona, Dallas. There weren't that many teams that like fit in the category. Cuz there's no
2: playoffs and no new coach, right? And you
1: haven't been on in the last 10 years.
2: Oh damn, I didn't Okay, so that that changes it. Yeah. Uh,
1: Arizona, I was thinking about like I think Arizona might have been my pick just cuz I don't really I've, I don't really see Kyler like I want to see Kyler and Cliff in Iraq. like I know what Dak's about. You know what I mean? I know what McCarthy's about. I, even Jerry, who entertains me, I know what he's about. I, the, the number one thing on the groups of teams they had, to me, would have... I think maybe Carolina was one of the options. Uh, well, Kyler. I would have loved to have seen, like, Kyler.
2: That said, Carolina wouldn't have been terrible. Matt Rule, I know nothing
1: about, really. Carolina wouldn't have been bad. Excellent storyline on just, like, is Darnold going to put this thing together? But, yeah, I can't complain about the Cowboys.
2: It'll be big. <laughs> You know, I. You're right though. Like Dak is pretty boring, and McCarthy is just kind of meatheady.
1: Now, a lot of there there was an all or nothing on Dallas that I watched that was interesting because there was a lot of you know Jerry's all over it. But at the end of the day, like I'm just very. But it was like what
2: was Jerry going to say that you haven't heard? I mean, Jerry talks a lot. Yeah,
1: I was very curious about Kyler, but whatever. I. Doesn't matter. It's fine. I'll watch it. It's interesting. Maybe Jerry says something about a player that somebody else wouldn't say. I don't know.
2: I guess that is a
1: possibility for sure.
2: Tough spot. I mean, honestly, if I'm Mike McCarthy, like, do we really have to be on fucking? Hard no, knocks? I'm with
1: you. I saw Cowherd's take was like, do we need another distraction here? Now is hard knocks in 2021? The distraction it was in 2011. But no. still like but
2: everywhere. Yeah. You got a camera falling. Just, you got to do
1: some interviews. You got to have. Yeah, it's not nothing. I, I'm like, I, hey, guys,
2: I mean, it's. I mean, it's kind of playoffs or bust for the guy. Their team's loaded. They got an expensive roster. There's no kind
1: about it. It's playoffs <laughs> <buzz>. <laughs> yeah. or more.
2: Um, Honestly, I think it adds a lot of pressure to him Not exactly Especially like there, there's it's pressure division. on him like, Even
1: just not winning the Being the wildcard team would feel like a major letdown Even if they made the playoffs They didn't win their To division. me, there's there's pressure on him just to not look like an idiot Like, what does he look like? And, and Dak doesn't just have to be good Like, Dak just got paid Yeah, there's there's a lot There's a lot Yeah uh, Otani Monday night, John Otani becomes a bigger star every day, it feels like so. Home run derby Home run derby Do you know who else is in it? Joey Gallo, uh Matt Olson, Yonder Alonzo. Uh that's four. There's I think there's eight total people in it. Um
2: that's pretty good. I mean eh. yeah, Harper, uh, Stanton.
1: Yeah, it's it's not it's it's Otani. I mean, you're gonna need if you're gonna keep watching it. Trevor Story, Trey Mancini, Salvador Perez, Juan Soko. Yes. I'll tell you this: I don't, I don't love a first round matchup, Otani
2: and Soto. Oh yeah, they match him up kind of like uh, I don't love that NCAA tournament
1: style. How is Juan Soto the eighth seed? I mean, I guess it's probably based on production this year, but holy smokes, that guy!
2: One thing that is cool: it's in Denver. Ball's gonna fly.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be like uh, the match. Yeah, where they're hitting the ball three eighty on the
2: fly. A couple times I watched though, Bryson clearly tried to hit it as far as humanly possible and like rocked it into the trees. Yeah, he hit one that I thought he actually hit. I was like, did he hit that low? Was that yeah. he was? I-, I think he was pretty amped up for trying to hit like outrageously far. I felt like Phil was much more accurate on his drives than Bryson. How
1: about? Uh- oh yeah, he was. How about just like Trout, all time greatest player? Blah 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 blah. blah. The, the the baseball doesn't do it. Oh, Otani just rolls in and becomes a superstar playing on the same team. Yeah, I- part of it his swing is sweet. Part of it is he. You know, he's a pitcher. I mean, he's just kind of crazy. He's way cooler than Trout. Yeah, right. I mean, it's just, he doesn't, it's not like he gives a bunch of pregame interviews that anybody hears. It's,
2: well, the one thing that kind of sucks is he's going on this historic run and Mike's been hurt, right? Wouldn't it be pretty cool if Mike was healthy and the two of them were just kicking everyone's ass? Awesome. (laughs) I mean, is he ever coming back or is he just taking the season off? I keep looking at the standings like, could the Angels make the playoffs? They're pretty far out of it. It's pretty hard. need to expand the playoffs for the Angels.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I know, but. Okay, I'm starving. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Great to be back. We appreciate it. Good to see everybody. uh, Later.
5: Adios